Welcome to the Expert Ownership Podcast, where we launch faith-filled entrepreneurs into greater freedom and success. Billy Graham once said that the next great move of God, he believed, would be among Christians in the marketplace. We believe that too. We want to be a part of it, and we want to help equip and inspire you to do the same. So please follow us on socials at Expert Ownership. If you haven't been to our website yet, check it out, expertownership.com. But we are excited about what God is going to speak through us to you today. Here we go. Welcome back to Expert Ownership, here for another episode. And today we're going to be talking about something that I think all of our spouses are going to be interested in. I'm going to okay. ask you a question. In fact, we're going to kick off with this question. It's what is the habit or the quirk that tends to drive your spouse crazy because you're so neurotic about it? Meaning, oh, that, I don't have to say oh, anything yeah. else. I can feel like Jason's ready to go. That's what we're going to talk about like for this whole episode? Well, that's where we're going to start. <laughs> <laughs> I, wash, I wash dishes way too fast. Why? Because yeah, I'm a clean freak. I like every. I like the. Even when we're at a restaurant, I will pre-bus my own table. I'll make sure because all the straws. I don't like to have the trash all over the table, so I'll get all the straw wrappers, wad them into one ball, set them over to the corner of the table where you can't see it. I, I just like, do that. You sit on the corner to get out of the way, or to get make it, it easier for the server and to, to make, come. I always pre-bus stuff. I'm like, hey, kids, give me your dishes. Give me your little yeah. saucers. So, and they give it to me. I stack it at the end of the table so that the table can stay clean. Yeah, let me My just wife, it tell you. Nuts. Okay, so that was David. Let me just tell you why that drives Lori crazy because she wants him to actually enjoy the meal with them and not just woof down the food and jump up and start doing dishes. No, I didn't say after that the meal. The deal. It was during the meal. No, I know, but that that's what I'm saying is she wants you to just be able to just chill. And How relax. do you know what she wants? Chillax. <laughs> So you want you to chillax. I can relate to that partially because I was a server in the past. And, you know, everybody should just work in the service industry at some point. Just yeah. Yeah, context, totally. right? Empathy. But I do love that because when they come by, you're like, it's so much easier. That's cool. Yeah. You don't have to hang out here for like eight and minutes while we're You eating. know what? That's a principle though, L-Dub, that you, uh, I've, I've tried to train my kids as best I can. He is no fool who makes the job of someone else a little easier. You know, when people are like, you know, they'll get something out on a, on a you know if they're shopping for clothes or whatever and then they walk around the store and then they'll put it on a different rack they're like no. oh, i don't want this i'm like you just made the job that's of someone more difficult my wife she does that well, this is david and that's my biggest pet peeve so my pre-bussing at restaurants drives her nuts and then her picking up a sweater and looking at it and going like hey babe what do you think of this i'm like oh it's it's pretty look great she's like eh, i'm not interested and instead of literally eight inches to put it on the exact same rack she sets it on the one to her right where the shorts are i'm like what the but heck larry did not ask you what your pet peeve was toward your spouse so you shouldn't have said that listen uh, larry listen, you started Tori, a fight jason and i are gonna straight up bruja I, I can right feel here. it it's it's you know, swelling uh, up right now tori uh i love you and nothing you do drives me crazy no <laughs> okay but i will tell you okay so now it's my turn yeah david be quiet for one second because then i want to get in talking about our topic for today um tori has a big thing with personal space and if i'm driving in a car and i'm like look honey look over there and i point and i like get my hand kind of in the vicinity of her face accidentally without paying attention within to within how close 12 inches yeah, within okay. 12 inches, she literally, she'll grab my finger sometimes and like bend it backwards. Oh, like, wow. She does not want me to get all up in that facial space accidentally. 
She yeah. has a violent streak. She what I just is. discovered. You know what? Don't mess with Tori. Torrance is violent. That's what I just heard. Okay, so here's what I was getting at. These little quirks or these habits or these, I mean, you might even call them systems, are things that are personal to you that you have, for whatever reason, developed over time. And like, I've got some quirky ones. You guys know about my bath towel issue. Uh, <laughs> I got well, you, now you got to tell everybody. Yeah, I got because it's a it's incredible. I, I really like this. Well, and I need to do it. I'm gonna say it's incredible for me, but I have an issue with you know I don't wash my bath towel every time I use. it. I don't know if anybody does. No one does that, right? You yeah. use it like multiple times two, before you wash it. Two or three it? times. Yeah, and okay. you wash it. In college, I never washed it. <laughs> I did a I did a semester <laughs> right before I left for Christmas. I would wash it. <laughs> no, that's disgusting. <laughs> but it just depends if you're the kind of person that. When you're drying off, you actually like floss yourself. Stop! <laughs> Stop it! You might want to watch. It's it. over. Well, Stop. well, here's my thought. Yes. Here's my thought behind that. If you do that, there is a way to prevent. Sorry for our listeners that is who are so tuning wrong. in in their vehicles. If you need to pull over for a second and just maybe pray and just kind of reset, maybe some penance or something. You've got the word. If that Stop, image in your mind of flossing. <laughs> Stop. Why do you say it again? With your towel. Stop. <laughs> you can't talk for 30 seconds, Jason. Okay, so the towel, the bath towel. When I'm using the bath towel, I have a rule of thirds. Okay. The middle third is reserved only for my face. That's it. It's the only thing the middle third dries on my body is my face. Okay. All the rest of my body gets dried with the outside thirds. But I don't so on, know how on to either do end. that. Like, I mean, it's just generally, Generally, right? so that he knows when you go back in, you can That's reuse right. that towel. And at one point, I was like, oh, one third, the right third will be for something, and then the middle and the left third. I was like, I can't figure that out because you don't always know the towel. So I just said, the middle third's for my face. I always dry it so first. So you thought this through. Oh, yeah. Now, you know what he's done? He has systematized drying off. That's that's exactly right. That's powerful. And when we get into like some of the best systems, I mean, we could walk through a bunch of examples. The one that always comes to mind for me is Toyota, like Toyota production system. You remember this when they were like rewriting the record books on a car production? Yeah. They had all these different principles that they applied. And I actually loved what they talked about. They said, if you can eliminate overburden, inconsistency, and waste, that is like mm. the ultimate system. And so they talked about automation with the human touch. And I was like, oh, that's so good. If we wow. can figure out how to systematize things so it feels like we're eliminating inconsistencies or kind of overburden, waste, that's genius, but don't forget the human touch in here. So, Jason, you wow. need to talk about systems because we talk about this all the time about, one, what you did with your own business so the two of you had a personal experience that helped you understand this is why systems work. Yeah. But then also talk about principles around systems that have been so helpful for you. Let me say one thing first before Jason jumps in. I love John Gall, who's like the father of the systems Bible. You know, this guy is genius. And he talks about that all complex systems that work derive from simple systems that work. In other words, it's got to be simple. Like your towel. So Very great. Simple. And you know what? You know it what works. part of my body never touches the part of the towel that touches... Yeah. The other parts? The other parts of my body? <laughs> yeah. The center. The center. It's just, it's clean, but it's that's, good, but, but, it's but the thing is, is that when Jason and I talk systems, it's always about simple systems. Yes. It's, it's not, sometimes people get, oh my gosh, I got to get a system for my business. It's going to be so complex. Yeah, it, it may become complex, but it's got to start simple. And when we built our Mastering Small Business module on systems, we, Jason and I were like, we want it to be so simple that we want people to 
easily adapt the mindset of systems thinking without having to go into John Gall's Bible or having to go into any of these other, like for instance, Toyota. I mean, it all makes sense, but Toyota's is very complex and it would intimidate people. So we think systems very simply. And when you start simple, uh, you can actually accomplish it. Yeah, sure. we started our, our system back in 2003 with just a simple Excel document. And we were in real estate, so we had properties, and each of those properties were owned by banks. And so we just started with that. We're like, okay, so each property has an address. Each property has a bank that owns it, and that bank has a representative. And so we just started filling out you know, the fields inside of the Excel document. Then we thought, wait a second. I need to be able to take notes on each of these properties, and Excel is not good for that. So we created a Word document for each property. We listed the address, the property owner, and then we had a section for notes. And then we thought, well, it would be cool if we could open up the Excel document and the address to the property, if I click it, it would open up that particular document, you know, the Word document with all the notes. Man, that would be so cool. And then we, so we did that. And then we thought, you know what, it'd be great if we could actually log in to something and have this sheet that was shared so that we could log in from anywhere and anybody on our team could log in and see that Excel document and click the link, you know, so then we needed a server. So you can see kind of how simply our brains were working. So we started with that and ultimately built up to where we had a robust online system that walked people through every single step of the process on how to manage and liquidate foreclosed properties on behalf of banks in, in a way that allowed us to have 100 locations uh, all, all across America. And so we ended up with a very complex, complicated system, but it was derived from simple systems. So we always tell people, you got to start simple. Well, the most simplest thing to do is to start with a definition. You want a definition in Larry? I would love a definition. <laughs> okay, and I've got this in our book. we got it in our courses. But we, when we talk about systems, we're talking about a series of steps that give consistent results and draw you uh, and allow you, sorry, to solve a problem over and over we, even without you there. Like it's the only way to get out of your business, to get outside of your business so that you're not just working in it and you can start working on it. Are you going to define step? No, but you go ahead and do Okay, it. so think about STEP as an acronym. So we talk about the system being a series of steps, but here's the acronym, STEP. Systems, what do they give you? Okay, they're steps. Scale, it gives you the ability to scale because you cannot scale without a system. I mean, if you don't have a system in place, then you are the system, right? And that is what Jason and I call the owner's prison. Our coach, Richard Walsh, he's helped so many business owners he wrote a book called Escape the Owner Prison. He's our, uh, you know, one of our executive coaches. In fact, the other day I saw a recommendation or a, like a testimonial coming about Richard's coaching. And somebody said, I have been through a lot of coaching and I don't know what Richard does that other people don't do, but he is changing the way I do yeah. business. Yeah. He's legit. Yeah, no, he's he's And legit. he can beat you up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was a former boxer, big guy. Anyway, but he uh, he wrote Escape the Owner Prison and, and that's what he, he, you know, he talks about it. It provides scale. So you want to be able to scale, but then it also gives you time, it gives you efficiency, and it gives you predictability. Those right there are crucial if you want a good business system. And anybody who is in the business world who knows that they have to build a system has heard of the name Ray Kroc, right? Now, he had some issues personally. McDonald's. Yeah, the McDonald's guy. So the McDonald's brothers created of what they would consider a really good burger, but they figured out how to do it really fast. 
and Croc loved it. And the McDonald's brothers apparently tried to scale on their own, and they just couldn't figure it out. Ray Kroc comes in, and, and he knows exactly what to do. So he simplified things, simplified the menu. And then that system that he created gave them scale, which is multiplied result with minimal effort. You know, scale is thinking, okay, well, I served four clients last month. I want to be able to serve 400 clients in one month. How do I do that? Now, the first thing that you got to do is recognize that your brain is going to tell you you can't do that. Like you can't. David and I, when we sold our first few foreclosed houses on behalf of banks back in 2003, man, it took us all month to sell like two or three of them. But we said, I wonder if we could ever sell like two or 300 in a month. And obviously we're like, there's no way. I mean, even people that we would run it past, they're like, are you, what in the world? You guys are smoking something. But we figured it out in time, you know, and that's yeah. why we say the expert ownership way, the, the, the two page business plan of which we'll talk about at some point where the first page has got all your strategies and your tactics and what you're going to do. The second page just has two words, listening prayer. And on there, you're bringing your business partner who is God. You give him an opportunity to speak to you. And God literally woke us up in the middle of the night with ideas yeah. on how to scale. And at our height, we were, we were doing 600 properties a month, which was, a month, which was huge. We were a very, very large outfit. But anyway, so go back to Ray Kroc. What else were you so going to say Ray about Kroc, him? So Ray Kroc, but the systems that he created gave them scale. It gave him time, you know, because you don't have to be there. It gave them efficiency to where they could. I mean, McDonald's, I don't eat it, but it is very efficient. Now, it's not as efficient as, as Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. That's why you see we've got McDonald's right next to Chick-fil-A where, where I'm, at, I'm at, and you've got the line at Chick-fil-A wrapped around twice. The line at McDonald's you know, goes around kind of half the building. No, that's on a big day. And I'm telling you, you could be at the end of the line at Chick-fil-A wrapping around twice, and you will be done before that person, the last person at the McDonald's. Those are legit systems. That's oh, yeah. And it's not just about the food. It's about the service. It's about yeah. the experience. Yeah. It's systematizing everything. It's systematizing the whole experience, including my pleasure. That's right. Which, if you have any kids who yeah. have ever, either you know them or you've birthed them, yes, <laughs> they are. it's ingrained in them. Even when they're not near Chick-fil-A, it's just my pleasure, my pleasure, my pleasure. It just keeps coming out of them. That's yeah. right. Your daughter still does it all the time. Oh, yeah. My yeah. daughter works there. My son worked there. My son, it was so funny. He came home and he goes, Dad, you'll never believe this. Between 12 and 1, we served 150 cars today. And I was like, Ty, that's a system, buddy. That's right. Good job. That's exactly right. he gets right. a chance to see it up, up close and personal. Okay, I need to go back to one thing you said a second ago, Jason. You talked about listening prayer. This is what I think a lot of people don't understand about the power of listening prayer because they're listening, they feel like God gives them something, and they're unsure because it might either go against something they believe to be true or it might go against something that they feel like they should be doing. How do you factor listening prayer revelation or discoveries, personal discoveries, into your business? Because the two of you at one point had a big one when it came to how to market your business. Yeah. I was like, okay, how do I take listening to God and factor that into a yeah. system I've built? Well, first, um, you have to recognize when Jesus walked the earth, he had 12 disciples. Actually, he had a lot more than that, but he had 12 really close ones, and they walked with him. And then he would uh, speak to them in whatever context they were in. So the famous scripture where Jesus said, you know, who do people say that I am? And and then Peter ultimately says, you're, you're the Christ, you know, you're the Messiah. And and Jesus then gives him that famous, on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He was standing outside of a place called Caesarea Philippi, where that in those days was considered the very gates of hell. So if we would say it would be like at its it would be like Las Vegas strip at its worst, right? That's where he was. And he says, you know, the darkness is not going to prevail against the light. 
so long as you hold on to the keys of the kingdom that I'm going to give you on this proclamation that Peter had just made. So he was giving them something within the context of where they were. Listening prayer in the context of your business brings God into that journey. So if building a system is something that's important to you at that time, God is going to give you ideas on how to build that system, and he's going to bring people to you that will help you and give you ideas because God speaks through people as well. So when we start talking about that, we're talking about incorporating God into the way that you run your business by simply listening to him. And you listen to him through his word. You listen to him through you know, your pastor on a Sunday, through your friends who say something to you. He can give you dreams. He can drop an idea in your mind. However, I mean... And, he, and those people that have been there before you and have created a roadmap, roadmap for you to figure out... Yeah. Uh, Based on how, they and maybe did. even listening to this podcast right now, you're like, "Oh, you know what? I need help with my systems." And to which I would say, "Go get our course. We literally will workshop you through the development of your systems, and then we have further coaching and all those types of things to help you." So, God definitely wants to help you with the systems because what He knows is what we know. I mean, Jesus came and established a system, right? I mean, God established a system, one particular system when Adam and Eve were created, it's like, you're all going to be naked. This is going to be great. You know, everything's going to be great. But then sin came into the world. Well, he had to create a new system and that meant Jesus was going to have to come and die and pay for our sins. And then Jesus does show up. And now all of a sudden we've got a new system. It's like, let's break up that old system of you got to bring the sacrifices at certain times and you got to wear certain clothes. You know, that system was great for a time, but only led to a new system. And Jesus now comes in and says, I'm going to set up the kingdom in your heart, right? That's why I love Chick-fil-A in all honesty, because they, they have the right balance between the operational systems to where things can run smoothly and that personal Value touch system. that's kind of an art. Well, that's what we talked it's about. We said, we said, use the phrase earlier, automation with the human touch. Yeah. That's what Toyota called it. We call it something else. We're saying, hey, there's got to be some humanness to this. Yeah. And I liked what you just said because people often overlook the fact that you still have to have faith. Yeah. It has to be an ongoing process. It has to be an ongoing activity for you in your life if you're going to run this business or you're going to grow something as an entrepreneur because you're going to say, I built the system, so now I got this machine that's running. And I think God is saying, well, I want your heart. Don't forget. I don't want just for you to make a lot of money. I don't just want for you to make a big impact. I want you to grow your faith. And so to feel like you're in listening prayer, God speaks something to you, and you have to actually think, okay, God, I don't know the answer with certainty, which, by the way, I'm pretty sure that I don't know anything in my life with certainty with the exception of maybe one or two things. I'm about like 60 or 70% certain at any time that God spoke something to me, and you should do that. So I feel like... Okay, that's about as good as it's going to get, God. And the faith piece of filling in that gap is what you're looking for from me. That's why, Liz, that's why incorporating listening prayer into your, your life and your business is so important because what David and I tell people, when you don't know which direction to go, just pick one and do it. Yes. And listen while you do it because then God is going to pivot you. That's exactly right? right. Or he's going to open up other doors. But going back to systems, if you, you have to lead with the tangible operational system first. You have to get your process dialed so that the experience of your customer or your client is really good. Otherwise, it doesn't matter what your human systems are. It yeah. doesn't matter how nice you are. You have, you, so you have to prioritize your operational system. You have to, and, and, and it's all through the steps. It's all in the checklists that you make. And we teach the 4S model. I'll give you the 4Ss. It's silos, segments, stacks, and steps. You've got to break down your business into the main silos, 
Those silos are broken down into segments. Those segments are broken down into stacks. Those stacks are broken down into steps. And then there's responsibility for each of those. And you also not only systematize your business, but you create your your structure, your hierarchy. You create your hiring plan. You create clarity. Clarity is kindness. So when you hire somebody, you know exactly these are your roles. These are your responsibilities. This is where you line up. This is who you fall up underneath. This is who you're accountable to. And it, it's it's really a blessing. And you know what? And it, it will lead you through the three phases of business. Three phases of business. David and I talk about this in our book. You've got brain and body. You've got brain, no body. And you got no brain, no body. Like the very first phase of business, brain and body, that's where your business uh, or your platform or whatever it is, it requires all of you. Like your brain's got to be there and your body's got to be there. You know, but the, the second phase is where you want to get. Um, not ultimately, but this is where you want to you want to lead from the first stage is brain nobody. That's where your business only needs your brain, but you don't physically have to be there. But yeah, you still got to manage it. But the best phase is no brain nobody. That's where your brain doesn't have to be there and your body doesn't have to be there because you've created a system and people, you've now been able to hire people to run that system. And all you have to do then is drop in to keep the vision out front. So successful businesses are systems dependent, not people dependent. You got to figure out where you are. You might be someone who's like, you know, I I don't really have a system. It's all locked in my head. Well, if you get sick or something happens, then you've done a disservice to your family. You have like, you have to see it that way. So, and at that, it's at that point that you have to ask yourself three things. So if, if you're in phase one of business, which it's all your brain, all your body, you ask yourself three things. What can I automate? What can I delegate? What can I eliminate? So the automation is, I mean, there's so many automations, just depending on the industry that you're in. There are phenomenal automations out there. But again, you can never automate the personal touch. So never do that. We have friends of ours that are in business that have automated everything to the extent where it's like you don't even get a human. You don't even, There's no personal touch, and it's kind of gross to do business with people like that. At the end of the day, we're relational beings, right? So automate, then delegate. Okay, there are folks that I need to hire. And you can do the fractured business model and get pay-for-play folks, which is a lot less of a burden on payroll and the FICA taxes and all the stuff. But then sometimes you're going to bring someone in-house. And a lot of times I bring them in-house. Jason and I, we talk about when we're building our systems. I'll bring someone in-house if I know not only can they save me money, but can they make me money. So I'm looking at that as well. And then the last one is eliminate. What are the tasks that you can eliminate that are not critical to the business and it really gets you to clean things up. And, and, and by doing that, you become incredibly efficient, which is scale, time, efficiency. And then the last one, and we probably need to finish with this one, predictability. You need to be able to predict the outcome. For, for Jason and I, multiple different companies will look like right now we've got a, a nice growing property management company, which we kicked off a few years ago. So we knew, okay, we got to get you know, some great automation in place. Let's go ahead and delegate some roles and responsibilities to one particular individual. And then let's eliminate all this other excess stuff that we know that other companies do. And that's what we did. And now, I mean, we can almost predict down to the, like the, per employee, I almost know exactly how many assets we can manage with what kind of efficiency that we can manage it with and what kind of profitability because we've just dialed it in. Do you and know it's very who, predictable. You know, uh, a retail chain, uh, well, it's not retail, it's a food chain, that does a phenomenal job of predictability. Who's that? Ruth's Chris. Like, better than anybody, I think. Uh, tell me it why you say that. Because I've already it, talked about so Ruth's many Ruth's Chris steakhouses. But we've talked about that on podcasts before, America, and now here we are again. He loves steak. It's always the same, man. 
I just, I don't know, man. It's they got it dialed, dude. Jason loves the chain. He loves the chain. I don't what love you said. the chain. Predictability. But Which, I do love it. You know, the P yeah. might as well stand for peace of mind because when that predictability is high That's and good. you can walk away from it and feel like we know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. I don't have to touch it. I know what's going to happen. That's I don't have to be point. the person responsible. I know what's going to happen. So yeah. and, and peace of mind for your customer as well because yes. they're going to drop 400 bucks on them. Yeah. And the, mor- the moral That's of the story of is state. get your systems dialed. It's a benefit to you. It's a benefit to your family. So do it. Do it. All right. If you want to learn more about systemsexpertownership.com, you can join the owner suite, which is just a community of folks just like you. Probably entrepreneurs just like you, probably business owners just like you, probably people who are trying to figure out how to grow their business and they could use a little help just like you. So let's let's close it with this. Own it or loan it. So we started by chatting a bit about... That peeves? Yeah. Oh, so own it or loan it. Oh boy, what is this going to be? Do you floss your teeth every night? Yes. Oh, oh own that own sucker. It. Own it. Man, because that gives you real bad breath if you don't do that. It is true. And we've stayed in enough hotels with you that you're a you're a power flosser. I love to floss. Yeah, religiously, it's great. So you floss your teeth before you go to bed, but then you floss in the morning. Yeah, when own you take it. That Are you shower. crazy? Who would even admit? Who would even say it's, loan it? Nobody doesn't want to floss. It's just will you make time and put the effort into floss? That's yeah. it. Yeah, you got to. All right, don't forget subscribe, rate, and review this podcast if you haven't done it already. And uh, we'd like to just remind you: impact over income. Get them both, but get the order right. Yeah. We'll see you next time.